Welcome to Potatoes and Sriracha. That's right, Potatoes and Sriracha. This is a podcast about establishing and running your own business as a new entrepreneur. On each and every episode, we take the time to dive into issues and challenges that we have faced as brand new entrepreneurs. Things that are emotional, mental, spiritual, personal, that can help you succeed as a brand new business owner. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Potatoes and Sriracha. I am your co-host, Danielle McDonald, and we have our other co-host here, Paul Ochiang. Say hello to the people, Paul. What up? I don't know why you got to keep putting my whole government name out there. Is that not your name? It is, but, you know. Be proud of it. Am I mean, that's them. probably going to be my name one day, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I'd, I'd be proud wow. of it if I were you. We're starting the episode today. Okay. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Welcome to another episode, friends. First of all, just want to take a moment to, you know, just think of the people that are out there fighting the good fight. And they're out there, you know, just putting their life on the line during this really tough and terrifying time. So, you know, for all the healthcare workers, all the essential workers, all y'all out there, you know, we appreciate y'all. And, you know, we'll get through this eventually, soon, hopefully, fingers crossed. And yeah. With that said, we're just going to jump right (laughs) into today's episode and the topic being a life of small problems produces small income. And I wanted to talk about this mainly because, you know, I was just reflecting over what's setting people apart. And I say that, you know, um, this morning, so while I was doing my personal development this morning, I caught myself listening to some Grant Cardone. And he was actually talking with Ty Lopez. Now, most people know who Ty Lopez is, willingly or unwillingly. We've all seen his ads. But, you know, Ty was talking about what their biggest regrets, you know, these are like billionaires talking about like, you know, what's what's my biggest regret as a billionaire in business, whatever. And the thing that Ty said really, really stuck out to me where he was talking about like, you know, for most of his business dealings, he's been really lucky. But the thing that's like stuck out the most to him was his fear and his limited ability to do stuff. Now, granted, you know, it's easy to be like, well, no, you're a billionaire, like whatever. But like, if you actually sit down and think about, he's always like, you know, if he was doing 10 years ago, what he's doing now, like that's the thing that keeps him up the most because like he was only at the beginning solving small things. He was solving small issues. He's only putting himself up against things that could be accomplished and he accomplished them well. But rarely he felt like at the beginning, did he solve really big problems? And so as he was talking about that, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, holy crap, like it almost takes me back to like the dreams and the goals I had like when I was a kid, right? So I don't know if I've told you this, but so I remember growing up, like one of my dreams, and I was talking to my friend Zach, you know, about this this morning too. One of my dreams as a kid was like to one day own the Detroit Pistons. Right. Like I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, I want to own the Pistons one day and, you know, I want to have like a box seat up there before I own them. And, you know, all the boys are going to come through. We're going to be kicking it, watching our boys play. And we're going to give a tribute to like Rashid, Ben, you know, Rick, Tayshawn, Chauncey, all of them. And just thinking back to like, you know, at what point did did I start to look at a world in a minimalized 
safe view? And how has that mindset, how has that worldview affected where I am today? Because I remember, you know, thinking like, so here's this, right? So I think it's the Memphis Grizzlies. The owner of the Memphis Grizzlies is 35. Wow. 35 years old in an industry where most people that own a team are like in their 60s and their 70s, or the the team was handed down to them via family, but he bought the team outright. I think it was 2011. But, you know, thinking about this and, you know, I read up a little bit, I read up a little bit on him, on not today, but previously, but, you know, just kind of looking at the stuff he solved, like, and the stuff he started with and the problems he solved, which ultimately led to the very large income he's acquired. You know, he's a billionaire with a B. And I found myself thinking like, okay, so if if the young Paul had done things that would allow him to continue to keep that dream of owning the Pistons alive, what would have Paul done to get there? What kind of problems would Paul have to encounter in Seoul, you know? And I think more and more, even like, as I think about how other people kind of solve their financial things. Cause right. I think the thing like we have to take into consideration is granted, like you and me, we're all in when it comes to our business and the stuff we're trying to do, like, I think it grows more and more each day. Like, well, like we're like, well, okay, you know, what if this is possible? What if that's, that is possible? Let's do it. And I think like the similarity between that and like a lot of what all these big problem solvers are doing is huge right and even the sheer fact like where I created a case study in my head of like selling a t-shirt and I was like okay well where do a lot of companies fail right say if somebody wants to come and sell a t-shirt smaller companies are going to be like well let me price a t-shirt at 50 or 60 bucks because I need to be able to make up what I'm losing against my competitor versus a competitor will come in and say, okay, here's a $15 t-shirt, which is going to mass produce it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, so how would then like, you know, and I think a lot of things about this, but I had to ask myself this morning too, like, how could I basically make a million dollars from selling a black t-shirt with one word on it? What would I have to do? What kind of problem I have to solve? And I, you know, I case studied and I worked through it until I got to an answer. I look, okay, well, in theory, these are the things I'd have to do. And if I was smart, I would collapse step one and step four, right? If I was smart, I'd collapse step four and step 10. So now instead of doing 10 steps, I'm doing one, four, and 10. I'm getting to where I want to get faster because I'm willing to take a bigger risk. I'm willing to solve a bigger problem. And even like with what we're doing, I think even like, you know, the, the moves we've made recently where we've gone from like, okay, we're going to invest ourselves on a small scale to like, all right, we're going to really do this thing. It's huge because I think like putting yourself in that realm, you know, it's like that age old, I don't remember where I've heard it, but like you have to put yourself in a position to have big problems in order to get big answers, right? You're not just going to get like solutions to like curing the world by simply staring at the wall, whatever. Like you have to put yourself in the position. I remember seeing like, or where was the, one of these like big, big uh, wig guys who has a really successful business. Um, I don't remember his name at the top of my head, but he was talking about how Dan, Dan something, Dan. Uh, okay. I remember his name, but he was talking about how like for him, 
he was working at like money management firm and the boss walks in and he tells himself like, holy crap, like I need to meet this guy, you know? And he walks into the boss and the boss is like, well, he works in the office and the secretary is like, do you have an appointment? He's like, nah, secretary's like, you can't come in. And then he's just like, yo, I got to meet my mans. And what he started doing is as he rose through the corporate, right? He started like tackling problems and tackling issues to the point where if the owner had something that needed to be solved, he wouldn't even go like, who's going to do this? He automatically said, I'm going to give it to such and such. Hmm. And as a result, my man now actually runs one of the biggest wealth management funds in the world. And so, you know, we, we say this because I think it's important to talk about this side of business too, is like, and it's not even like the dream aspect of it. It's the, what are you willing to do aspect of it, but on a grander scale. So we're not even talking about like, we're, we're talking about this, assuming that you're already disciplined yourself, that you've already adopted positive habits, that you've already started doing the exercise or started doing the journaling or started doing the personal development or started doing the thinking time, or we're not going to talk about that today. What we're talking about today is something that I think a lot of us never even think to consider, which is how can I actually 10x my thinking to put myself to have problems that are 10x what I'm currently facing so that I can have solutions that are 10x what I currently have. I feel like, you know, like we get to that point where maybe our goals have minimized so much and it's because of what we see around us or what our environment is like because we were able to improve 10x our thinking and you know 10x our problems like our good problems I guess because of who we surround ourselves with like we don't have mediocre friends we don't have friends who are only striving for the lowest level and if we did we don't talk to them anymore it's not that we don't have love for them. It's just that they're not serving us. They're not serving our purpose. And they, if you continue to like surround yourself with people who are literally only going to bring you down and they're not trying to come up with you, then you have no business being in that circle anymore. Right. So I feel like you have to get to that point where you have to know what's feeding you, what's feeding your mind. And that's not just like you said, not just the positive and stuff. It's how is whatever you're seeing, who you're talking to, what you're listening to, how is that feeding into your future goals? And like, how is that going to help you get to where you need to be? Because like, say if your goal is, like you said, to own the Detroit Pistons, then you can't only just watch the game of basketball. Okay. Everyone does that. Everyone can do that. Everyone can sit in front of their couch and watch people play, but that's not going to help you become the owner of the Detroit Pistons. What's going to help you become the owner of Detroit Pistons is finding, maybe start off doing a managerial job and then going to intern with other people who are managers of NBA players and then working your way up to that point until you figure out who do you need to talk to, to start owning a team. So even when it comes to how do you even surround yourself with those people, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where a lot of people lack. You know, what's crazy is, you know, we put it up like, you know, everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Yeah. I think one of the craziest things, and I don't know why this is not a thing anymore, but, you know, I always used to hear stories of like, you know, I wanted all these people that like currently own big businesses, like always have this similar story. I wanted to do such and such. So I went and I, Intern, I actually found myself like 
considering texting our friend down in Atlanta and just being like, hey, that offer that you had for your son. <laughs> can be, I take it up? Can I take it up? Like, I, Because if you really think about it, like all those people had, they put themselves in that position. You have to. You have to, you know, because those people have what you want and they'll be the ones that can tell you. And I think the other part too, a lot of people need to understand is like, if you can't even have it in person, you need to surround yourself with it continuously, have it in your head, continuously have it in your ears, continuously be watching it all the time, like be reading it all the time, be practicing it all the damn time. Mm -hmm. And I think even that level of discipline is harder. That level of discipline, fam, like yesterday I sat in a freaking hackathon from 9 a.m. to 30 a.m., 12 o'clock. And I was just like, bro, like these folk do this, the, the people teaching it do it two times a day, five days a week. So that's at least what ten to sixteen hours, fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. not even. I think it's ten to eighteen. A week or like per day. A week, something like that. All right, above ten hours a week, just straight up teaching at that level. That's at that thirty peak. hours a week. Exactly. Thirty hours a week. There we go. Mercy. Max. Basically, look. The point is, it's like. I asked myself, even that takes a lot of discipline because as soon as they started, they said, all right, this is what you're assuming you can do. Boom, boom, boom. And they did not slow down. They moved so fast to the point where I had to stop and be like, all right, I'm going to have to go back and look at the recording because this is a lot. So I think the other part too is after already assuming that you've done those things, like you have to start putting yourself to like have bigger problems. Now the thing is, the thing is once you start being in a position where you have bigger problems, understand what is also required of you then is bigger thinking. You have to start thinking on a new level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard thing for people to do because you become so accustomed to life down here. So like if you've ever watched Suits, Harvey um, in there talks about like most people like life up here, but he loves life up here. And it's the same thing. Like you can't have life at this mediocre you can't have thinking at this mediocre level. Like your thinking has to exceed your current problems because that's the only you get those big solutions. I constantly ask myself, just from a monetary perspective, how on earth is somebody able to wake up and say to themselves, you know what? Today I need to generate $1.2 million. Most <laughs> people don't even touch that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How does somebody wake up and say, you know, I'm going to go buy a skyscraper for 250 grand. That's a different level, but they got bigger problems. And they see most of us, so me, like, I think old me would like take a skyscraper and be like, okay, bet. Like maybe I'll turn into an apartment complex, whatever. Then folk gutted that junk out and put like venture capitalist firms (laughs) in there. (laughs) Put some young guys in there. Right. Put some money people in there to generate more money. Charge them rent and take a portion of their, you know, whatever. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different thing. And I think for a lot of people, we become scared because we hear all these horror stories, right? I don't know where I heard it, but it said, like, if you have a thousand people that know you, a hundred of them will like you. So that means 90% of people, you don't know if they like you or not. You're just going to have like 10% of them being raving fans and 90% of them, 10 of them, 10% of that 90% might just hate you straight up. So you're working with maybe an 80% 
of a hundred people, a hundred people. <laughs> it's a different game. And because you're working at that level, it's like, there's bound to be somebody who's going to be like, oh, you're a scam, you're a fraud. You're trying to take people out like they, they don't understand it. And that's okay. That's part of life. That's going to come. There's not, there is not one person who's really successful that can tell you, like at least the ones I've run into, the ones I've looked up, every single one of them got haters. I'm a hater of a few myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tom Brady in particular. <laughs> what do they say though, baby? Like if, um, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. Exactly. Exactly. And even in public, <laughs> not having problems, you're not thinking big enough. Exactly. This is really all we wanted to bring to y'all, like, at least from my side of it. I feel like you're about to say something. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it's like when, um, it's usually when we decide to focus on like the small problems, like, you know, the little, the little day-to-day stuff that you could fix really easily. But it's like those little, those little problems are the things that hold people back from even seeing the big picture of like what really could be. For example, in relationship, people could get mad at each other because and say, you didn't do this. So, so don't think I'm attacking you. But let's say you left your I'm shoes. On the streets like this, huh? No, 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 no. This is something you have not done because you don't do this. You left your shoes somewhere and I tripped over it. I'm going to get mad. Because you left your shoes there, instead of like creating a bigger problem. I mean, could create a bigger problem. Like, how about we get a get to that point where we have a bigger house, where there's always some spot to put your shoes, and then we'll never have this problem again of me tripping over your shoes. That's really a big, a broad thing. But you know, little things don't matter. They really don't. At the end of the day, like the little things don't matter. You they need really to don't. to maximize your thinking. <sighs> We're not going to give them all the gems right now. But, <laughs> but maximizing your thinking, like, look. Okay, that's the next one. That's the next podcast. Like, look. <laughs> well, maximizing your thinking, man, I don't know if there should ever be a limit to yeah. what you think is possible. You have to, like, live life as if you're a child again. Yeah. When you're a child, when you're a child, you think you can do anything. Like, okay, like, look at, let's, let's put Jordan on there, right? Jordan. Thing, my cousin Jordan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the basketball player, but you know, he believes like I'm pretty sure he could. He thinks he can conquer the world. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. Um, he thinks he's going to be this big dancer. And you know, who am I to tell him? Like, because me, he probably will. You know, he thinks he can create the best toys. Like, he can create his own toys. He could be the best engineer in the world when he's like 20. Maybe before. True. Children don't put limitations on themselves. Okay? If anything, they try your limits. You have to think as if you are a child again and stop putting these these made-up limitations on yourself. Like, you you are the only one holding yourself back. That's right. You can do whatever you want to do. That's true. But since you already told yourself you can't, then guess what? You won't. You won't. That's just it. So if you tell yourself you're only going to make, let's say, I don't know, five figures this year, that's pretty much someone's salary, but five figures on the low end, then that's all you're going to make this year. Right. Right. That's all because that's what you settled for. 
exactly. You don't have to settle. Put your dreams up there and find a way to get there. Facts. And then make, make sure while you're finding a way to get there, you write down your why and you need to look at your why every single morning so that you can keep driving at it and you can keep moving. That's it though. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Damn. Thank you for tuning in <laughs> to another episode of Potatoes and Sriracha. <laughs> we really appreciate y'all coming on and taking time to listen to us. Have a conversation with you guys. Yo, remember, just keep on pushing and don't, don't limit yourself. I had a dream of being the Pistons owner one day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I find myself thinking about that dream a lot today. And I think I still want to go after it. Hey, Mind you, the Pistons were bought for like, I think it was like 300 million. <laughs> so Ain't no problem. let's freaking get it. Y'all keep getting after it. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to this episode on Potatoes and Sriracha. Please remember to like, subscribe, and rate, and we'll see you on the next episode.